I want to I start, I want to talk about an attitude, Svi, to mitzvahs today, based on the, this week's parasha, parasha's Baloista. I want to talk about an attitude to mitzvahs. All of us, logically, if Hashem's mitzvahs, Hashem gives us a command, so we're loyal to Hashem, we're loyalists. Hashem's mitzvah, He gives, He commands us, and we listen. Hashem says, put on tefillin. So we did. We asked Tfilin. He's loyal. He's the loyalist Hashem. Hashem says, put on tzitzis. We had tzitzis. Whatever Hashem's mitzvah. So we listen to mitzvahs. We're loyalist Hashem. It's intelligent to listen to your creator. Hashem's in charge. Hashem's in charge. So it's intelligent. Hashem who controls everything. And Hashem promises schar, which is definitely true. Schar, there's reward. Yesachar lefulaseich, there's schar for actions, there's punishment for defiance, so it's logical to listen to Hashem. But besides Svi, the logic of listening to Hashem, besides that we're not defiers, we have an attitude that we want to command. There's an attitude that we're misavel mitzvahs. We want mitzvahs. Not just the pshat, that if he's mitzvah, we're loyal and we don't defy him, we actually want a chance for a mitzvah. Very simply, very, very simply, a parent, a parent loves their children. When my son calls up and says, Tati, I wanted to ask you for money, I want him to want things. I want him to ask for things. I want him to ask because I want a kesher. I want the fact that he needs things. I want the fact that I supplied him because I want the relationship. The word of a yid with mitzvahs is not just the yid does mitzvahs because he's not disloyal and he doesn't want to defy. He actually wants the tzivoy Hashem. He's misave, he has a taiva for mitzvahs. This thought is very much learned in Parshas Baloischa, is very studied. In Baloischa, people come and complain. You can only understand it with this attitude of a taiva for mitzvahs. After the carbon Pesach, so in Parshish Baloischa, there are people, Vayasu B'nei Sosa Pesach Mayadoi. In its right time, Klal Yisrael does a carbon Pesach. It's so fascinating. There are a group of men who were putter from the mitzvah. They were Tameim. It's a machloikis in Sukkah, why they were Tameim. But they were Tameim, and they had to be Tameim Tzvi. So they were putter from carbon Pesach. Shmak. They were Tameim and the putter. And somehow, they approach Moshe and approach Aaron. If you look at the language, just as an aside, as an aside, it says they couldn't do the Pesach. And they come in front of Moshe and in front of Aaron. The language is funny, Aaron. It should have said, Aaron. They come in front of Moshe and Aaron. It says, They come in front of Moshe and in front of Aaron. You have to look at the Mepharshim. There's Yesh Dvarim Why it talks that way. They come in front of Moshe and in front of Aaron. And these men, these men say, We were Tame. Lamani Gora. Why should we be worse? Levilti hakervas carbon Hashem mayadai not to bring the carbon. 
And what are they saying? Why should it be worse? You're putter. Geschmack, <laughs> you're putter. The guy who has a patur to say tachnan. If I'm a chuyv to say tachnan, I'll say it. But you know, if there's a good excuse, there's a chasnan, then I'm thrilled. Uh, I'm putter from tachnan. Rev Reisman, if you know Rev Reisman, he got very into tachnan. Rev Reisman got into tachnan. He, he wrote a little bit of a sefer on tachnan. He wrote a, a writing on tachnan, Rev Reisman. And he, he worked on himself to study Tachlan. It bothered him. We have this piece that we say that we dread. Every guy, like Monday and Thursday, you know, some days we lose. There are three days of the week we always know. We know Monday and Thursday for the long Tachlan. Well, and we know Wednesday's the long yom and Tuesday's the short yom. It's almost how you identify. What day is today? Short yom, Tuesday. Everybody knows Tuesday. Wednesday's the long yom. Sunday Friday. and Monday and Thursday is a long time. It's almost how we know the days. Rev Reisman, such a real person, it like bothered him. So I had this thing like dread saying. See, he learned it. He studied Tachman. He studied it. And he got it down well. I advise guys, instead of trying, this is what I advise the Hever. Don't tell anybody. Keep this a secret, Hever. When you say Tachman Monday and Thursday, instead of trying to finish, People try to rush and just end up frustrated. Yeah. You can never get the whole tachnam with the tzibur. You ru- it's almost like by birchas when they do you say that little piece. I can never finish. So, and I, I read very slow. I'm a brich There are a few of these you can never do. So I want to tell you, Neitza, with with the kaykoyanim. So they, they, the kaykoyanim. Let's sing the song. Let's sing the song. The kind of song. Saying the too. My bracha is that your kid should have such a delicious childhood. When you just start singing that tune, they picture under your hot, sweaty talus, beautiful feelings near Tata, all huddled up together, a good pushing match with the fellow brothers. You just have a beautiful chevra under your talus, chevra. So. <laughs> So during that Birchas Kehanim, you're trying to finish off this. We say, in case we have any bad dreams, we do a Tavas Chaloim. Now you can never finish it in the time. They only sing twice the Kehanim, and you don't finish it. So what I do often, if, I, I weigh the Kehanim. If they're slow singers, Gishmak, so then I say the whole thing. If not, I say half, because remember, you say it twice. That is the third one. That's a third different piece. But the third piece, they sing the extra shtickle. They give you more time. I need, yeah, but the first two, they don't give enough. Martha, you know you never have enough. We're talking about all the prayers you don't get enough time for. Birchas Kehanim's up there. The Brich Shemei and Tachman Monday, Thursday. They're all impossible. It's not true. Nobody ever finished. What the, it's just not Shaykh. So I'm giving an eight to Martha. 
when they do the when they do the when they do the bracha, the kehanim, the first time read half of it, then wait, then pause. Your middle of it. It's very shaykh. The Menchas Chinuch brings from the Haredim that the same way a kohen has a mitzvah the rice to bench us, we have a mitzvah to get benched. So you have a chiyav the rice to get benched. You're not allowed to be talking. So what you should do is that's why we don't answer Baruch Hu when they say Hashem, some didn't do, we don't answer Baruch Hu because we're Gronics. The Gra held never to say Baruch Hu So normally we say it, what, there's no loss. During a Chiyav Daraisa to get benched, it would be a Hefzik. So we don't say Baruch Hu And we listen, save the piece of Tavas Chaloyim, the little piece, once, half of it, and then the next time I finish it. That's what I do. What? Amen, why not? I'm in the middle of a bracha. I can disrupt to say Amen. That's what I advise. What? I try to stop at a good stoppage point. The last of the Zach, I say, but they give us much more time there. But there is still not enough time. Yeah, yeah. It's debatable. I have no answer. I have an answer. I have an answer here. The longer one, sometimes I want to sing with them a lot of times, but they sometimes give enough time. Sometimes not. But there's a good answer. Say and send this way you say it slowly, deliberately, and then you say, yeah. The. Some people answer after Hashem, Baruch Hashem. What? People who aren't Grunniks answer Baruch Hashem. A lot of Klai Yisrael answer Hasidim answer. I think Sfaradim also say Baruch Hashem. say? They say Baruch Hashem. Grunniks don't say Baruch Hashem. The Kitzer is the other eights are during Tachnun, Hebron. During Tachnun, instead of rushing on Monday and Thursday, and then you have a miserable experience and your memories of Tachnun, why not say two chapters, Gishmak? You, you won, you finished the race, and you don't even know what you say. Why not go slow and stay the first two chapters, and then they're finished, you said the first two. In all your rushing, you finished. You want a medal, you want to... Now, I'm not pushing, it'd be nice to finish the whole thing. It would be very nice. But if, if finishing means you didn't say anything, you don't know what you said, you're still lost, it's much, much better. Lanius daiti. Whatever you want, it's much, much better. Go slow. I do this. Don't tell it. Please keep it a secret, Trevor. But when I can, I go a little slow. So I lost the race. I'm officially... I had, read, read, and it's beautiful. Tachlon is beautiful. Now, they were massacring the whole thing. I'm a ninus. What do you want me to do? If I say the whole thing, I'll miss laning. I'll miss laning probably in... Say two, say two of them, threes. Usually you can get at least three or four. Then once in a while you actually have a chasm who says them all, so you could also say them all. Once in a while, usually once every few months. <laughs> if a guy says, I'm, I'm a slow reader, maybe the guy is mamish the speedster reader, he's a speedster, no problem. But say, say a couple, say a couple gishmak, yeah, it's, it, it could be very gishmak. Why was I telling you about Tachnan? Rev. Rai is very into Tachnan. Somebody help me out. What was this? What? There we go. They wanted to What I want to say. What? What I want that way. The attitude of loving mitzvahs. I did say, I did ask that. Okay, okay. So, so I don't remember. Shimmy will probably call me and tell me where I was headed. But the kids are, the kids are with, um, he, Rev. Reisman wanted with Tachman. Rev. Reisman wrote on Tachman. It shouldn't just be by road. He's doing it. It should be with the Gishmak. And he learned, oh, I know why he said it. 
Because you have Reisman got to a point, that's why I said it, where he was upset. He got into Tachnon. If a chassim was there, he was frustrated. It was upsetting to him. He got so beautiful Tachnon, he was frustrated to lose Tachnon. My Rebbe's that way. My Rebbe has said to me, I was a chassim, I remember he was like, friend, you cost me Tachnon. He likes Tachnon. A person, yeah, a person can work on himself and learn what he's saying. Well, you're not looking to get rid of Tachnon. You could be, if you do my trick, you'll be much more there. Half the reason is we do things because we think we're getting a Medal of Honor. We end up resenting Tachnon. Of course you don't like Tachnon. You're pretending to read it, flying, like to try to keep up to a phantom keeping up. If you would have said a little less, the Kavani, you'd actually learn what you're saying. Tachnon's gorgeous. Tachnon says a lot of serious stuff. So go a little slower. You didn't finish. You're an Inus. The Chazan goes on. You got to hear Laning. You'll get him the next Thursday. You'll, get, you'll do a, a little more. And one week you'll even get the whole thing. Yishmak. It's clear like that. That's the better way of doing it. And Besedi, you have Tachnun. I wouldn't say this on Shema. I wouldn't say it on Pesukah. You're supposed to say Over here, it's Pashat. That's what you should do. Anyway, the Ketzer Advarim is is that, that was my point, that Rav Reisman brought himself to a place, he wanted Tachnun. Our goal by mitzvahs is that we want to kesher Tashem, and we connect Tashem through mitzvahs. It's not just, I don't want to be disloyal. We have a taiva for mitzvahs, an attitude that will misave the mitzvahs. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael, why? Because he was misave the mitzvahs. Yudha, why did Moshe Rabbeinu want to go into Eretz Yisrael? Because he had a taiva for mitzvahs. What do you mean? You're not mitzvah. What's the problem? You're not mitzvah. You're not ke- he wasn't disloyal, not keeping any. There are a lot of mitzvahs that can only be kept in Eretz Yisrael. So what's the problem? Is that he had a taiva for mitzvahs. These chevra that came and said, Lomani Gar are, are a wonderful lesson to us in attitude. Be'emes, anybody listening, why should we be worse? You put in the mitzvah. That's it, you put there, no problem. You're putty, you have no command, you have no defiance. They were upset they didn't have the opportunity. We want to do mitzvahs. We every single day put on tzitzis. You know what's funny? What's the purpose of tzitzis? To remind us to be loyalist to Hashem. That's the purpose of tzitzis. To remind us that we're loyalist. We see our strings and we remember that we're loyalist to Hashem. What's amazing is tzitzis doesn't just teach you to do mitzvahs, it teaches us our attitude towards mitzvahs. Chevra, why do all of us, why are you chayv in tzitzis? Why am I chayv in tzitzis? Because I wore a weird beged. This is not tzitzis. This is the beged that makes me chayv in tzitzis. Why do I wear this weird, is this a normal beged? Does the guy next door, does Alan wear this beged? So why am I wearing this? Because so I want mitzvahs. Because I want mitzvahs. So I wear a funny... There are guys here I notice not wearing tzitzis. Are they doing an Aveira? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're not chayven tzitzis. They don't have the weird bag. If they put on the weird bag and not have tzitzis, they'd be rishom. Chas rishom. That's adikim. And they even know, even though the Gemara says Hashem punishes bishas rischa, when Hashem's angry, He punishes for those who don't put on tzitzis, that only means... If, a, if it, the derech is to wear this type of beged, in certain societies, the derech was like to wear a four-cornered beged, like, like a blanket. If you purposely don't wear the beged, then you're, then you're get up. That's an Avera. Hashem will punish. A guy today doesn't wear tzitzit. It's not getting punished. He didn't do any Avera. 
He just doesn't understand life. He didn't do anything wrong. He just has no clue of life. Because he doesn't know that we want mitzvahs. We have a taiva for mitzvahs. I purposely, why didn't you put on this baggage? You're doing nothing wrong. But you just don't know what life is. This baggage makes me have a chiyu of tzitzis. I want mitzvahs. Because I want close to Hashem. Right now, I'm doing a command. Why aren't you? If you're not wearing the funny baggage, you're so funny. <laughs> you can get a command from Hashem. You're like clueless. So get yourself a funny beggar. So you'll get a command. Why would you not have closeness to Hashem if you could have closeness? <laughs> but Sivui means I am being a loyalist right now. I like being a loyalist. I want a connection to Hashem. I'm born for a connection to Hashem. So I find me the weird beggar. This is not tzitzis. I almost don't like it. Like we go to the store to buy tzitzis. We lose out on the whole shmaka thing that's going on. I get me a weird beggar. Go to the store, don't buy tzitzis. Buy a weird beggar. We gotta call it the weird garment. So I buy me a weird garment, then you put one of the four corner type, and then I have a chi of tzitzis. Now why did I buy that weird beggar? Because I want a command. It's an attitude. I want a tzivui. A guy goes to the dining room and washes. He said, why do you wash? Because I want a bench. Because I want a bench. Because if I wash, I have a chi of bench. I want a chi of bench. to wash? I have no chiv to wash, but it's an attitude, a misavel, a mitzvah. A yid wants a mitzvah. If I wash, then I'll be chiv bench. Why wouldn't I wash? I can get a mitzvah. You're not disloyal not to wash. You don't know what about mitzvahs. The goal is not to not be defiant. The goal is to have a connection to Hashem. The best connection is through mitzvahs. Through a tzivuy. I'm right now doing something Hashem commanded me. It's a mechayim. Hashem commanded on my weird beggar to have tzitzis. I get myself a weird beggar, and then I'm a loyalist. So it's interesting. Tzitzis doesn't just remind us all the mitzvahs. It actually, the very beggar and the tzitzis today remind us our attitude to mitzvahs. So cool. Now, it's not always this way. In generations that it was the style to wear a weird beggar, so it just reminded you of mitzvahs. Today, where it's not the style, I'm wearing such a mud in the beggar, and I'm only doing it because I'm misave for mitzvahs, that's an attitude towards mitzvahs. The lomani gara chevra, the chevra that said to Hashem, why should it be worse? Levilteak, what are they? Like, you're trying to understand them, why should it be worse? You're putter from Karben Pesach, what's your problem? They wanted the command, it's an important mitzvah, and they wanted the command, it's an attitude that we pick up about mitzvahs, to be misavet to mitzvahs, we look for mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are their opportunity to gain closeness to Hashem. I said this many times here, but we were Zaych and Arbe Smedrish. Rav Shalom Rabashkin rocked us, he said something that I want you to feel that it's in my bones because of that holy man. In my bones, Reverend Bashkin's sitting in jail. He's alone. Nobody knows or cares what he does. And by all rights, he's going to be there for 27 years. He's going to be there till he dies. He's going to die in jail. I mean, he's going to be there long the yarn. He's going to be there. Nobody's looking what he's doing. Nobody cares. He's alone. And in the middle of that matziv, he didn't miss a mitzvah. He put talus and tefillin every day with Messias Nevesh. He sat in the sukkah. He made kiddush. And he said to Hashem, I'm holding on to you. I'm sitting here, Hashem, I am not letting go. Then he said, how am I going to hold on to you, Hashem, mitzvahs? 
He said that was his sense. He started crying. Two weeks after jail, you're not supposed to have tears left, but he was so normal. He wasn't in jail. He, he sat right where Arya Lashinsky is and he was crying. He was born. Mechatei said, I mean, tears is amazing. He just got out. He came here within two weeks after he got out. He was bawling when they sang Tati, my king. And he said to us that the don't ever let go of me was exactly what I just was thinking for eight and a half years. He started bawling. He was rolling. Tears were pouring down when they sang Tati, don't ever let go of me. Don't ever let ever. He started bawling. He started bawling. He said that's what for eight, he just got out. He said for eight and a half years, I was saying to Hashem, don't ever let go of me. I won't ever let go of you. And he said, my decision to hold on to Hashem is mitzvahs. He had such a cool Havana that a mitzvah, I'm grabbing onto you. I'm hugging, I'm kissing, I'm not letting go. And he had that Havana, that's what mitzvahs were. And he cleaved to mitzvahs, I'm holding on to Hashem. He described it, he went in there, Hanukkah, sitting in jail, and he's like, but he wanted every chumrah like he fought. <laughs> he had a minute back at home, he sits by the nearest for like two hours. He like convinced them that he's sitting by the near. Every chumrah, every mitzvah, he had, he had to do it like the full way, no... No, no leniencies, no compromise. He did the mitzvah geshmak, every mitzvah. He mamish did, a, did it geshmak all out, each mitzvah. This is what he said he was thinking. I'm holding on to you, Hashem. So the attitude to mitzvahs, that not that I don't want to defy you. I want to, even that, I want, to, I want care of Hashem. I want closeness. And the greatest closest is I'm a loyalist. What you say, I do. That's, that's mamish kirva. We've spoken at the shas of a mitzvah. We gave this whole speech the other day. On the shluchei mitzvah, the shas mitzvah is a shas chedvah, as a time of lufnei Hashem. You mamish intimacy with Hashem, the shas of mitzvah. Doing the mitzvah Hashem is a tremendous man of kirva Hashem. This attitude to mitzvahs is what I wanted to study. Yes, Yehuda Schwimmer. Wasn't there a tzivah that they shouldn't eat? They're putter when you say it's sivui. They shouldn't. Then there's no kiyum, but it's no kiyum. But there's no active. They want assays. They want an active kiyum of ratz nashem. I hear what you're saying. They're not doing was that you're not let a tummy's not let it eat. That's true. They want an active kiyum of an assay. So that, I wanted to share this attitude amongst other things that we'll study in Parshas Baloyscha. We're not going to be zayicha many of us to be together Shabbos. I wanted to share this attitude. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask Aryeh, he has yard site this week. Aryeh had yard site this week, and JD has yard site this coming week. I did not know, I wasn't Zeichen to know Aryeh's mother, but when you see a Ben Tyra, so you see her handiwork, you see what she accomplished, and Aryeh is somebody, a sincere person. He sat in the base Medrash all year, learning with others, encouraging others with such a niceness, with such a tenacity, consistency the whole year in the base Medrash. Torah is chesed. There's a lot of chesed one could do on this campus, specifically learning with people. The greatest kindness. Learning with people. So I asked Aryeh to share something. There should be a midah. I'm going to ask JD to go in a couple of minutes. If you even tell us one character, instead of telling us a lot and a hesped, if we had one midah, one character trait that would be an Eloi for her neshama that we'll be inspired by, if you share something with us that you want to share with us, Aryeh. Happens to be, I never really 
speak public. I, I speak a lot publicly. I don't usually shy away from that. When it comes to this topic, I usually shy away, and I don't. And I and I really controlled myself. Even when I was sitting shiv and people were trying, I was talking about the Knicks. I was talking about anything, anything but my mother. I was. That's what I did. Last year, I came to this camp. I don't know if you, I, you can't even call it a camp, but we were in this place called Fort Log and Twig. Whoever was there. And um, it was an amazing experience. And I remember the day my mother's yard said, we, they, they said we're having a lockdown, even though some people didn't actually listen. They came back and forth. But I was told that we're not leaving for three weeks. And I missed the yards. I, I, mean, I was supposed to be there. I wasn't going to go home. And I remember I told her, Kalish, I wanted to make a small seum with 10 people quietly. And that's it. Kalish said, why? Do it in front of everybody. Talk. Said no, I, I can't, and I'm not comfortable. I, I, I don't know anyone here. And Abigail's told me do it. No one here judges you. People, I, I've been a lot of my high school. I would what I would call my teenage life. I was, I wouldn't say judge, but in the places I was in, it was more of like Abigail always speaks about when you do chesed because oh never we're gonna do chesed like that. And because of that, that was my hesitancy a lot to speak because I always want people to look at me like a regular person. And over here, no matter what challenges you went through or no matter what you are going through or you did go through, people don't look at you differently. And then I started, last year I spoke pretty briefly. I didn't speak so much. I said, I said one thing. I said about appreciating your mother because I remember a lot of my memories of my mother were in the last few years because I spent a lot of time with her and she wasn't, she wasn't able to do a lot of the things that a regular mother did. But because of that, it made me appreciate what she was able to do for the first, before she was sick, and that, get, that got me a, big, a bigger appreciation. That's, that's what I said last year. This year, I want to say, I'll say two things. One thing was that my mother, my mother was sick for a total of about three years. It was, it was a bigger period of time because she got better. She was in remission for a year, then, she, then it came back in a different form. And there was a plan in place. There were things that were supposed to happen. She was supposed to get, she got a, uh, a bone marrow transplant and then she was supposed to be in the hospital for a few, a few weeks, two weeks, and then she was supposed to come home and everything was supposed to be Shalom Yisrael. That whole year, every, every possible thing that could have gone wrong, went wrong. Every time she was supposed to come out, she got another infection. Anytime, everything kept on just going wrong. And she never, ever, once complained and said, why me, why this? She just, all she was doing from there was just trying to make sure that we were okay and worrying about everyone else. And she never complained once about her situation. And to herself, yes, when she was by herself, of course, I, I was with her. She, she, it wasn't easy for her. It's not like she ignored that she was in pain, but she didn't want anyone else to view her in her pain and view her like that. She didn't want, the last few months, she didn't let any of her friends come visit her because she didn't want them to remember her as someone in pain, but she wanted them to remember her as, a, as someone that was, that was living life. I, when I was growing up, there were a lot of people that used to frequent my house a lot. And yes, honestly, I, sometimes I'd be like, why are we letting so many people in my house? Why is, it a public, why is it a public place? And no, my mother was always there to help other people, but she didn't, this thing, she didn't want people to see her in pain. But there's one more thing, which was her main, which was her main me though. I posted it on my status. I didn't write up that thing. I wrote it on my status. My sister wrote it. But my mother was very into Akar Satayv. Every single person that ever, I remember if I, whenever I went somewhere for any single thing that I ever did, I always had to show appreciation for, for if anyone ever did anything for me. To the extent was that I was, I was in the hospital towards the end of her life. Something happened at the end. She, uh, there was some, 
not negligence, whatever. Something happened. She fell off her bed, and then she was she was like half out of it, and she couldn't really do all the physical therapy that they wanted her to do. My father wasn't around. My father, my father was living in the hospital for a long time. He was there every night, and at that point, he was exhausted, and he needed a little break. And I, I used to go every single day from when I was in from the beginning of twelfth grade till my mother passed away. Every single day, I left yeshiva and I went there to bring her lunch, and I sat there with her for as long as I could, and then I went back to yeshiva. There were two parts. The first, obviously, I wanted to go. The second, who doesn't want to get out of yeshiva at that point? But um, I was there every day. One time I was there towards the end, and the lady came and do physical therapy with her, and my mother just couldn't do it anymore. Between all the MRIs and all the different things that she couldn't even, she couldn't go, none of these machines, she said, I'm done with these machines. And she started apologizing to the physical therapist, like, I'm sorry that I can't do the physical therapy. And this lady's like, what do you mean? Why are you apologize to me? I'm the one that's, no, no, you came, you're trying to do your job. And any, every little, there was, I used to go to the, around the hospital. We were like the celebrities in the hospital because every single nurse wanted to take care of my mother because of how nice she was to them and how appreciative she was to them. From the security guard at the front of the hospital till the guy that checked their ID, till the people that you welcomed. And everyone knew who I was, everyone knew who my father was, and everyone knew who my mother because of all the... All the, th- all the things we used to do for them, we showed appreciation at every single thing, only because my mother made us. I wouldn't have, who cares about the, the security guard? Who cares about all these people? But they're there to help. There's a reason why everyone's there, and she made us appreciate all these things. One last thing, just because I feel like I was speaking about her a lot when she was sick, which I hate. I hate that fact. But when I was growing up, she, she was always very supportive of whatever I wanted to do, whatever my brothers wanted to do. I guess you could say, like, more open-minded and my my father a lot of times I remember not in a bad way he just like he, he like the teacher said this so you must have done this my mother always would say who cares like we don't like, we're gonna we're gonna stick with you what you said and how many times she had to pick me up from school because I was in, got in trouble got suspended got this and she never she she just always she took it in stride and she made me supper every night she bought me my clothing and uh, now, like, okay, now we're all older, so we all buy ourselves our clothing. But when I was in high school, like, just, like, basic things that, like, we all take for granted. Like, when I, I'm going to go home tonight, right, I'm going to have to go buy myself supper. Everyone, a lot of you guys are going to go home, and you're going to have supper all ready for you. So don't take that for granted, and really just enjoy it, and thank you. I want to ask as well, I want to ask JD to come forward. Thank you, JD. Would you share one Nakuda from him? Sure. I told you last night. Share with the Chavra. All right, so basically, when I was a little younger, in like first, second grade, my school that I was in, not a, not a very bad school for a uh, Lakewood Elementary School. It, uh, it was gonna get shut down. People didn't like it in Lakewood. It wasn't the regular mainstream type of school. They wanted to get it shut down. And my mother fought very hard against that. She, she made a very whole big thing against, against shutting down the school. 
and last night when the fire alarms went off, at first I was bugging out about it, I'm like, we're about to get shut down, but then I just felt that it, there was no way we are going to get shut down. We had, there's somebody up there, you know, just watching out for our school, and there was, I know she helped very much of this school, and there was just no way I was going to get shut down. That's just what I wanted to share. I want to say, I went years ago. We always say when somebody passes on, they should be a Meilitz Yesher. The word a Meilitz is somebody who speaks super... What's the word? Intercedes on your behalf, an interceder. Somebody who, who, who stands up for you. What? An advocate. An advocate. <laughs> What's wrong with it? An advocate. Thank you, Rev. Johnny Shlita. An advocate. Everybody wants, all of us one day in this world have to be an advocate for your children. You're an advocate. You stand up for your son. You stand up for your daughter. You advocate for them. You're on their side. We always tell somebody who loses a departed loved one, they should be a melitz yaisha. They should be an advocate in Shemaim. Rev. Volba writes a letter to his family. He writes a letter that I am going to be with you and in a much better place to help. He wrote to his family upon his death. He wrote them a letter, I'm going to intercede on your, understand, I'm closer to you than I was in, in the life. I have limited power, I have much more power up there. And I'm going to intercede on your behalf, please know that. I'm going to be speaking to Hashem and intercede. Anything I can do in Shemaim, I'm going to do. Rev. Ruvain Feinstein went to be Menachem Avel, Zevi Trank. Zevi Trank is a guy who learned in this yeshiva. Beautiful person, finished Shas many times. The famous Zevi Trank, in our world, this is the famous Zevi Trank. Lives in Eretz Yisrael. Zevi Trank, when he lost his mother, Rev. Ruvain Feinstein came to be Menachem Avel. And Rev. Ruvain Feinstein said to Zev Trank, he said that I, I came right after Rev. Ruvain left. Right after Rev. Ruvain left, I came to Zevich and Machmavel, and he said, I have seen my whole life. He brought a Yushalmi. He quoted some Yushalmi. I asked Michele not to remember, but I'm quoting Rev. Ruvain Feinstein. He said, I have seen my whole life that people, families lose a departed one, and you have a kid who didn't have kids in like 10 years, they have a child. You have people, he said, all different types of big things. He said, he brought a chazal that their mazel is not so great. He said that's on small things. On big things they find, like Yeshua's come to families. And he said it's passion because the departed one intercedes. I was so moved that JD last night, it was a very stressful night, and I want to say the biggest comfort I got last night with those words, JD came to me in the hallway, and he said, I was sitting there stressed out, and he said, I was stressed, and he said, then I thought, my mother's in Shemha, a holy person, a big daviner, and I have no Shaila. I saw her in her life intercede for that yeshiva, in Oilam there's a world, and in Oilam of course she's interceding when she has much more power. He said, I was comforted, it was the nicest thing I heard last night, the entire night, and it was a long, the entire night was a long one. The nicest thing I heard was from JD, so I appreciated that. That's real stuff, there's something called Oilam and there's a place in Oilam that the departed is davening. The guys know I love this song, 
Maran Shali that the eulogy that Yaakov Shweki wrote for Avadi Yosef, and he asks him, Lo Balel, don't stop praying for us. He asks Revadi Yosef, please, Rebbe, don't stop praying for us. I love those words. Lo Balel, don't stop davening. I had such a chizuk last night, J.D. Zakar. The mom, of course, is davening. Rev Chaim, Rev Chaim Shmulevitz was the Rosh Hashiv of Demir, and he went to Kevarach like Klai was going through a difficulty. And he went to Kevarach and he said, Mama, a child's allowed to cry to the mother. And I know Hashem told you, don't, don't cry. But Hashem also told us to cry to our mama. The reason you're buried, Alderech Beis Lachim, so Klai Yisrael can, can cry to you. So Hashem told us we could cry. So I'm only telling, I'm asking you to defy Hashem, because Hashem told me to ask you to do this. So he said, cry for us, mama. Mama, cry for us. Mama Shreb Chaim Shmulavitz said to Mama Rachel, cry for us. That's where that famous song comes from, is a true story. Mama Rachel cry is the irony. Hashem said, don't cry. Rachel, don't cry. I'm going to have to listen to you. I'm going to have to listen. Don't cry. Now, obviously, if God is saying, don't cry, what does that mean? That you're allowed to cry. <laughs> don't, don't cry. I'm going to have to listen to you. <laughs> then Hashem says, guys, speak to your mama. And Reb Chaim Shmulavitz went to her kever, said, mama, I beg you, cry for us. Cry for us. There's any speaker here, we should play this song. So J.D. said, the mom is crying for us. Anybody can play the song up here? Ashi Ashi talks to these machines. All machines listen to Ashi. Nobody else can talk to the machine, right, Des? (coughs) Ashi gets these machines where it's amazing, Martha. Martha, you don't know how to talk to these machines, do you? My computer at home would listen to, only listens to Ashi. He's here? I'm telling you. Well, Mike, it could be any problem. He comes, he talks to computers, they call. No. Yeah, any computer. Oh, he got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All technology listens, listens to. He commands. Technology is all programmed. Yeah, but Ashi's not here. I don't. Isn't that amazing what he told me last night? Bless him, sir. That check is if we get the song. Martha, you're also? No, let's do it. Plays loud. I like it loud. He has a speaker. Zagibber, Zagibber, please. One thing I left out, which is not, it's unhappy that you see the things, how the world runs, and how Hashem's always running the world and continuing everything that my younger brother had a baby girl on Shabbos and he named the girl after my mother on the yard side, which was pretty crazy. His wife was due like three weeks ago and it just happened like that. It was pretty crazy. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. Shmini Eluf Neshama. Don't leave us. Maybe you'll see. She just comes running. Jay, she's man on a mission. Touch it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. The undervalued play, no question about it. was brought back to the dorms. No, no, don't, 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 because he's Martha is bringing a speaker. Yeah, Martha is bringing a speaker. Ashi, Ashi shows up always there.
Thank you, Ashi. Mama Rachel. No, this is bad. I like yours. Mama Rachel. Yaakov Shweki. Somebody tried yesterday and shrugged. Oh, because it's under A.B. Rattenberg. It's under A.B. Rattenberg, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Listen to the words because it's intelligent. With the Day will come, 
Mama Ruffle cry for us again Won't you shed a tear for your dear children Bizichutech v'shobu vonim Your voice is still as you heed the call of me, It's our Father's will, He who made us all. There we ask of you to defy. Yet a frightened child, numb from pain and grief, remains forlorn and uncertain, clinging to the faith that it can be heard as it cries out. To its mother, Mame, Mame,
I'm waiting for everyone's connected to the There's a word, Trevor, that I'm it to say at least once a year, and preferably two or three times a year. But Parshas Baloischa has not let it pass without learning this word. You're literally Yankiv. Nobody's allowed to leave the yeshiva not being aware. This is not a cute word. We, it's, it's funny that we just said a story from Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. And we listened to the Mama Rachel song that was inspired by Reb Chaim telling Rachel Imenu, I know Hashem said quiet, but Hashem also lets children cry to their mother, and I beg you, Mama, cry for us. Famous to Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. So I need to share a story to Reb Chaim Shmulevitz that I share every year this vert. Now this vert was a very big help in my life. I'm going to explain why. I love sharing it now. We have two weeks left to the year. And many guys here have a journey on their hands, going to Eretz Yisrael, traveling to new places. Maybe this vart will help you like it helped me as. So, Ezzy, I need Yankov, I need you to hear this. Jacob Anan, I need you. This is like, really, I should say this vart as you're walking to the buses on June 13th. As I should like follow you to the bus telling you the verse, so maybe I will. I'm not saying I won't. I'm going to tell it to you now, and then you'll decide if you want me to follow you to the bus telling you this verse. Listen to this verse, man. I was moving. My wife and I were living in Yerushalayim in Sanajim Rechevet, a very large Frum community. We had in our apartment building full of Frum Yidden, full of Yidden, and we're moving to Americhka to Waterbury, Connecticut. Now, Waterbury, Connecticut did not have a minion of From Yidden at the time. It did not have a minion of From Yidden. There was a very nice Rav who would come every Shabbos. He was a lawyer. He was a part-time Rav. He'd come to Waterbury just for Shabbos. He was re- recently Nifter. And this Rav would try to put together some form of a minion. There were many funny stories that went down. But there was not a minion full of From Yidden in Waterbury. And... We will, my wife and I were leaving Sanhedrin Merchavit to go to Waterbury, Connecticut to start a brand new yeshiva. This goes back 20 years ago. It was a few days before we're leaving Yerushalayim. You're leaving surrounded, a warm Gishmaka community, and we're moving out to Waterbury, Connecticut, and not, it's devoid of Yidden. It's funny that on the first day we were in Waterbury, my wife sent me to get something from Stop and Shop for one of my, I, I, had a little, I had one little baby then. And my wife sent me to get something from Stop and Shop. And I was looking, I was very unsettled. We, want, we just moved to a new city, there's no Yidden here. And in Stop and Shop, I'm, in Stop and Shop in Waterbury, I'm looking for the item. And a, a Yidmita bird with a beard, he says, Shalom Aleichem. I was like taken aback. They're, they're not from Jews in the city. And like a yeshivish in Lakewood, you wouldn't have gotten such a varm shalom aleichem. Shalom aleichem. I was sure. It was like obviously Eliyahu Navi. The one funny part is it took me like a little while, like a few seconds. I was disorientated. In Stav Shab, you don't get like a varmish yeshivish shalom aleichem. It turned out the guy wasn't free. He didn't have a yamak on him. It, it took like a few seconds. The guy had no yarmulke. It wasn't. It turned. Out, I know the yid. I know the yid, and I always have a kor satoyv tim. 
I once helped him out in the shtickle matzav. I always have a karsatayv because of that warm shalom aleichem that I felt Hamish. That he said shalom aleichem. He happens to know Yiddish. He happens to sell rare svarim. Online he sells rare svarim. He'll be from one day, Be'ez Hashem. But he says he, has a, he happens to be a Yiddishist. He knows Yiddish. Well, he knows Yiddish. And he said to me, like warmed me up the first day we were here. I got from this guy. And I, I, it only took me a second to have, like, he, didn't have, he wasn't the Kisri Harish, like, it, it was interesting. But anyway, the Kitzur Advarim is, we were moving from Sinatra to Waterbury, Connecticut. And a friend of mine made a bris. And before I left Eretz literally days before Eretz Yisrael, I go to this bris milah. And at this bris, Rabbi Ram Shmulevitz, my Rebbe, speaks at the bris. And he said a word on Parshas Baloischa. It was Parshas Baloischa. It was right summertime. We were moving back to America. going to move to Waterbury. And Parshas Baloischa, the bris. And at the bris, Rav Ram Shmulevitz says a word. Call me arrogant. A yid has to say, Bishvili Nivrahilam. I want to find that kid. I hold you here arrogant. He was just born and had a bris. So Avram Shmulevitz can speak and I can hear the word. I don't know all Hashem's cheshbainus, but I know Hashem wanted me to hear this word. And, and at this bris, at this bris, Avram Shmulevitz said a word, I ended up not flying to America on a plane. I just hopped on this word. I hopped on this word and Pashat, I flew here. This word flew me to America. I came. If you ask what airline I took, the airline was Baloischa. And this word I hopped on, and there was room for me, my wife, and my little son. The word Mamish held us all comfortably. And I flew to America on this word. I came to Waterbury armed with this word. And I want to give you your own private jet. Why should you fly, fly there? It's Yisrael. Air traffic is complicated. You don't need a COVID test to get on this plane. And I want you push it. I want to hand you an airplane to fly wherever you need to fly. So please allow me to share the airplane. I go to this bris milah, and Rav Ram Shmulevit says like this. Listen to what he said. The Gemara in Shabbat says, Tzvi, you have to share this word. Bring it, bring it to Florida. Bring it wherever you go. To Imrebina next year. Listen to this word, Tzvi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got Tzvi. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Tzvi. Listen to this. <laughs> I spoke to them this morning. Imrebin is in a gewaltige place, but okay. Yeah, they're getting the best, they're getting the best. So listen, Tzvi, listen like this. So the Gemara says, there's a machlaik, we all know there's a malacha on Shabbos called Saiser. One of the malachas, one of the ab malachas, we know there are 39 malachas of Shabbos, and one of the malachas is Saiser, is destroying. Destroying is a malacha on Shabbos. Now there's a machlegs. We know all the malachas have to be constructive. Mikalkel is not chayiv. They have to be constructive, not destructive. In order to be chayiv midaraisa for all the 39 malachas, they have to be constructive. How can destroying be constructive? Sounds pretty destructive to me. The answer is that you destroy in order to build. That's everybody holds. In order to be chayiv, it has to be you're destroying saiser al manas livnois. In order to build, you sometimes, you have an old rickety building, you take it apart to build it better. So that's a saiser, that's chayiv, you're destroying in order to build. 
So Machlaikas in the Gemara, are you chayiv saisr al-manas livnais only if you want to rebuild in the same spot? According to one mandamar, it's only chayiv saisr if you want to rebuild it in the zelba spot, in the same spot. But if you have in mind to build it in a different spot, you're not chayiv. Saisr al-manas livnais has to be you destroy it with the intent of building right here. That it's even if you plan to build it in a different spot. You take something you apart, you maybe need the material. So you take it apart to rebuild it elsewhere. If only even in a new spot. Gemara, so listen to this. How could you say you're only chayev if you have in mind to build it in, a, in the same spot? Where do we learn Saisa from? The Mishkan. In the Mishkan, they took down the Mishkan and we traveled. We took it apart and we traveled. The very source of Sais al Manas Livnois is the Mishkan. In the Mishkan, we built it in a new spot. So, how can you say the requirement is to rebuild it in the same spot? Good question. Says the Gemara, quotes Psukim in Baloischa. Allow me to read a few Psukim with you. Allow me to read a few Psukim. Says the Psukim, the Anan was always on top of the Mishkan. At night, by day you saw a cloud, by night you saw a Mara Esh, a vision of fire. Whenever the cloud departed from the Mishkan, that told Klai Yisrael, time to move. We were 40 years in the desert. Whenever the cloud moved, Klai Yisrael said, time to move. Wherever the cloud stopped, there we camped. Cloud moves, we moved. Cloud stopped, we stopped. Cloud moved, moved, stop, stop. That's how we live for 40 years in the desert. Al pi Hashem By the mouth of Hashem did we travel, B'nai Yisrael. Val pi Hashem yachnu. By the mouth of Hashem did we camp. Kol yimei asher ala mishkan yachnu. As long as the Anan stayed there, we camped. The Anan moved, we moved. Stopped, we stopped. Uvaharachon al mishkan yomim rabim. If it stayed there many days, so then we kept there many days. And sometimes it was there very few days. So then we moved. Says the Psokim, it can go a day, a month, or a year or two. If it stayed, we stayed. If it moved, we moved. According to the mouth of Hashem, did we camp? According to the mouth of Hashem, we traveled. Says the Gemara in Shabbos, since so it's called the same place. Cryptic Gemara, if I ever heard one. We moved, we moved, we moved. Says the Gemara, since it's not called you moved. Cryptic Gemara. Says Reb Chaim Shmulav, it's the Pshats like this. He said that moving is very stressful. Remember, I was moving me, my wife, and a little boy. He said moving is very stressful for the man. A new Lebanon, new friends, new job, new employment. It's the hard. For the mama, new friends, new employment, new house. Very hard. He said, for one person, moving's not hard, a little baby. 
The little baby looks up in mama's arms. You didn't go anywhere. <laughs> you didn't go. It's funny. You'll see when you get married, you end up going different places for Shabbos. The whole family can be kvetchy, harder, easier. A little baby, it doesn't matter where you go. The little baby's only place is the mama's arms. It makes no difference where you bring the baby. You haven't moved anywhere at all. Said Reb Chaim Shmulavitz, Klal Yisrael was so davuk to Hashem, so attached to Hashem. Al pi Hashem yachnu, al pi Hashem yisau. God said, travel, we travel. God said, camp, we camp. Travel, travel, camp, we camp. We were davuk to Hashem. Is it really called moving at all? So we took it apart. What was it? We rebuilt it here, there, here. So, Hashem, you're here. That's, I'm next to you, Hashem. It doesn't really matter. I'm next to you, Hashem. It doesn't really matter. Put it here, put it there, put it the third place. It doesn't really matter. I'm next to you, Hashem. He says this word at the bris. From my body, I see Hashem. This body, before your mother ate a carrot and it became you, I see Hashem. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock, unless you're struggling that this table made itself. We no, see creation no. as a creator. We see such creation like a human being that was a creator. What the creator wants. Okay, so let's study Torah. Learn with me for a few years. Let's study. Let's figure. Let's learn together what he wants. But one of the places we see Hashem is the Ashkoch in our life. I went to that bris and he said this vert. It was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like, didn't make sense. It was so crazy that I'm going to a bris, dominating my mind. Is I'm moving to where? To where am I leaving the globe? Am I? And he said, Al pi Hashem yachnu, Al pi Hashem yiso. If you're going somewhere, if you're going somewhere, you feel, you feel this is where you should be. This is you feel where you can accomplish. You feel this where you're too wife? So then, no, you haven't moved at all. You're with Hashem. Hashem Hashem It's called they built the Mishkan in the same spot. They were living Al Hashem The whole way they lived in the Midbar, you should read the Pesukim slowly. What a training at the onset of our people. I advise every single guy, I beg you, Open up about Leischa. During the laning, look at it. Not during the laning. Read Psukim in Perak Tess. I ask every single guy to read from Pasuk, really the Psukim from Pasuk Tess Vav through the end of Perak Tess. Perak Tess, Pasuk Tess Vav till the end. It's not many Psukim. It's like eight or nine Psukim. I beg every guy, read it slowly. We were trained at the onset of our people to be loyalists to Hashem. We were trained. It was, you know, the soldiers have targilim exercises. And they train soldiers to follow a leader, to really be loyal to the leader. At the onset of our people, we were trained where Hashem tells us to go, we go. Where Hashem tells us to camp, we camp. That's all that matters. Where do you want me to go, Hashem? The cloud moved and Klaistel got up and moved. It stopped. How long are we here for? As long as Hashem wants us. How long? Sometimes two years, sometimes five minutes. Al pi Hashem yachnu, al pi Hashem yisau. 
And when you live like that, you're in the Rabbanu Shlalom's hands. Do you ever really move? You're next, Asher, you look up, the Anon's there, we're in the right place. And he said, when you're in Hashem's hands, the little baby, the child in the mama's arms didn't move. That's what he said from his father, Rebchaim Shmulevitz. And on that word, I flew to America. So I say to all the guys, at the time, we're getting close to our partings. And I say, wherever our journey takes us, live sincerely. Live as an authentic kid. And then different people, what? So you never then you don't leave. Then, what'd you say? Then you never leave. Then you're Then wherever you're here, you're there. Look up and see the mama's arms. You, you didn't go anyway. Live errands. Live sincere, Hefer. Then if you're here, there, what's the difference where you're davening mencha? You're davening mencha. So here, this shul, that shul, the next shul, you're davening mencha. Al pi Hashem yachnu, al pi Hashem yisol. So this vert, this word. Read the Psukim slowly. The Psukim are delightful. These Psukim are like just delicious. The training of our people at the onset, the formation of our existence, that we were so delicately trained by Hashem, by our Creator, to follow Him, to follow His. He has different plans for us all, and He takes us on a wonderful trip. Just follow loyally, follow loyally. When I, when I got engaged, so the first time I brought my wife to my Rebbe, he said something to my Kal. I, I didn't know I was such a wild guy. My Rebbe knew me more than I knew me in many ways. This is the first thing he ever said to my wife. He, at the time, we were, she was my Kal. He's, I bring her to my Rebbe, and we, bring, and he, we go in. This, this is what he says to her. He said, I want you to hear this. And he says, the first thing he says to her, he ever says to her, I didn't know I was such a wild guy. I don't know. He said to her, I want, your husband's going to have funny plans. said, if he gets on a motorcycle, get on the back seat with him. That's what he said. Now that's on a funny husband. But we say to Hashem that if Hashem takes you on a motorcycle, comfortably sit on the back. It's going to go to good place. She always says a motorcycle I could have handled, but Waterbury? <laughs> <laughs> I said I said that my wife says a motorcycle I can handle, but what a very like <laughs> But this word that we were trained, that the onset of our people, this is my Rebbe said to my wife, Hashem taught all of us. That Hashem taught all of us that just follow Hashem loyally. This is you make a cheshbon, you think as best as you can. That place is good for your growth. Calmly. And again, how do I know? We don't know anything. But I'm thinking as best as I can. A bacher thinks as best as he can where he can put himself to grow. And then you say, Api Hashem, look up and see Hashem. Minchaz, Hashem's right. Yulufnei Hashem there, Yulufnei Hashem here. My Rebbe said this word. I, I, I always say it became my plane. You could almost say it took down my plane. There was no need for a plane. <laughs> I didn't travel. That's the, it was in lieu of a plane. There was, there was no train. The trip was canceled. We came without, then, then there was no trip anymore. We didn't move. It ended this word. I went there and I came home. You understand? I told my wife, we're not moving. 
Oh, we're staying in Eretz No, 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 no. We're not moving. We're going there and we're not moving. We're going there. We're going there and we're not moving. So this vert, this vert is the vert that none of you are moving. Nobody hears. At the time of party, you hear, Mayor, why I want to run after the Chevro when they're going to the bus? I want to tell the guys we're not moving. Go the right, go the place. Sincerely, you think you're going to grow. Sincerely, that's good for you. And then, no, I'll pay Hashem Yachnu, I'll pay Hashem Yisau. Kikotin b'gmolima, the vert of Reb Chaim Shmulavitz. It's Kisai Salmanas, it doesn't matter where you reconstruct it, it's the same place. You've heard this vert one or two times. If, the, as many years as you're here, that's how many years you'll hear this word. I try to say it to it. Did I say this before yes. this year? Have this year? Could be this year. Shaykh, it might be the third, fourth, or seventh time. And you may hear it a few more, maybe even to the buses. We'll share this. But I had to share this idea with the Chevra. They're going to serve the Chevra supper tonight? They are. I want to share something else much, much shorter. I want to ask you an honest question, but I'm not saying pshat. I want answers from the Chevron. I want to ask the Chevra, we are supposed to pray. What is prayer? A guy prays he's sick, Be'etzem, he's complaining about being sick. Hashem, save me, I don't want to be sick. A guy is single, what's prayer? He's complaining about being single. A guy has no kids, what's prayer? But he's complaining about being childless. Isn't that prayer? Isn't prayer I complain about my situation? What I want to ask you is in Parashas Baalaischa, it says, Klal Yisrael were misoninim, they were complainers. And Hashem gets upset about Klal Yisrael's complaining. Hashem gets upset. They were like bad complainers in the ears of Hashem. It's like it was a rishus. Yeah. They, what were they complaining about? They were complaining about the travels in the desert, the difficult circumstances. What were you saying, Martha? I mean, they weren't talking to Hashem. And they got punished for being misinim. And I want to know what's the difference between complaining and prayer? They weren't praying, they were just fetching. It was a fetch to each other. They weren't, they weren't turning it into prayer. Mm-hmm. There's a complaint that wasn't turned into a prayer. It's interesting. When we were in pain in Mitzrayim, we screamed, and Hashem heard it as prayer. It was prayer. Here in the desert, there was a kvetch. There was a kvetch, and it was very bad by Hashem. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. When I complain, like, when I complain about something, like, 
everything else becomes bad also. When I pray, everything is good besides for this thing. There's a very, I, want, I want to address what Yitzi says. I, what Yitzi and Yehuda said, there's a Rashi that I'm like drawn to. Yehuda, there's a Rashi I'm drawn to. When it says Klai Yisrael complained, so Rashi says that it says they were misoining him. Rashi says it's a trick in Alila. And Alila is a trick. It was a trick to go against Hashem. There's two, when a guy faces difficulty, a guy can fetch and complain. It's an excuse not to do service. There could be a massive of difficulty that's an excuse not to do what I want to do, what I need to do, what I should do. It's a good excuse. A guy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to an addict. A guy said, I like when I'm angry, I can smoke up. A Gabacher just told me this. I like when things are going bad. I like it. I have an excuse to do bad stuff. There's, a, there's bad stuff that's a complaint is when a human being, Hashem doesn't like me. He loves that Hashem doesn't like me. The I can rebel. And then there's difficult stuff that Hashem wants me to talk to him. There's two, there's two ways to face the challenges of this earth. There's one with the idea of prayer is the idea Hashem loves me. I don't have all the information. Hashem wants to bring me close. That's a prayer. That's Hashem. Even a strong player. I'll tell you what I'm getting at. Esther Amalka says, Kaylee Lomaz Aftani God, why'd you forsake me? Is that a complaint? Sounds pretty harsh. Kaylee Lomaz Aftani, why do you have why have you forsaken me? Here, like a complaint is a terrible zach, and that's a Heliga prayer. The Heliga prayer is the awareness Hashem loves me and wants me and wants me to cry out in pain. Why do you make it look like you left me? I know you love me, but this is not, I can't fathom this. I need to feel your love. I know you love me and you're doing it out of love, but I want to feel your love, Hashem. This doesn't feel good. Please, let me feel it. Lama Zavtani, not that you left me, Esther Amalka knows, but why do you make it feel it? This is what I feel, Hashem. Please let me perceive. Give me the goodness that I can perceive. That's a prayer. That complaint is the best complaint, if you call that. We call that prayer. A complaint like that is called prayer. A complaint that's an alila, that's but a trick. But a trick for Efkerus. But a trick for Efkerus. The trick for Efkeris, that's the Rab Oznei Hashem. That's the, the Alila, when it's a trick. It's not what you say it is. Yeah, you complain. You're not, you're not complaining. <laughs> a guy, Alan Carr, got into a fight with a friend. He quit smoking for three weeks. And he got into a crazy fight with a friend. And he smoked because he was stressed out. Two years later, he called himself out that he only made the fight because he wanted stress, because he wanted an excuse to smoke. If the word is the difficulty and I call out with a hug because I turn to the tata, that's prayer. That's the correct response to pain. 
The correct response is to scream, is if it hurts, we cry. It's to turn to Hashem and cry to Hashem and come back and, and, and get close. That's the healthy, running to your tata, that's prayer. That complaint is prayer. You were only given the challenge to do that type of complaint. Keli lomaz aftani. But if it's an alila, if it's not a kunz, if it's a chav, there's a gun, okay. You don't like me, I see. Okay, so now it's an excuse. That's, that's the Mesayinim Ra Baznei Hashem. That's the, the, the complainer that's Ra Baznei Hashem that Hashem doesn't like. It's an alila. It's a trick not to serve Hashem. Okay, there's more, there's more here. There's a lot more that lies here. This is just a Rashi Prakim. But here it was pretty serious. We were in the desert. We were overwhelmed. It, it could be there was what to complain about, but it was an alila. It's a trick. There's a complaint that's sincere, that's ernst, that I cry out. I love you. What are you doing to me? You, you know we're in love. That, that complaint, Hashem almost did it to the person who cries like that. The alila, now I have an excuse, because now I could say that's what he doesn't like. That's a complaint that's rabbas ne Hashem. The alila, the kunz, the chap. There's a good one. Now I have a way to say. Now I have a way out now. That's Rabbi's nation. Okay. We have, to, we have to be ma'ayin. When a complaint is bad, when a complaint is, becomes prayer, it's a good shayla for the chaber. What to think about? A good shayla for the chaber.